This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the WOMED. Jackie and I have a really fun episode for you. Yes, we are bringing in the hotness on this Monday with a fun episode. Just Danielle and I answering your top questions that were submitted through our Instagram on the WOMED. Yeah, we thought it'd be really fun to do a little Q&A episode. So without further ado, here we go. I forgot how much I loved Nurse the Energy. It really just sets you off on the right foot for the day. <laughs> just hearing <laughs> everyone's so. stories, us kind of sharing some great things that are going on with us. Because we want you guys to get to know us too. Yeah. And I have already shared an NDE, but something happened to me last week that I am actually really proud of. And so Let's hear it. I kind of just like, I really wanted to tell you. And so I figured we might as well just do it on air. I'm really glad. Okay. So as you know, I am in school to be a family nurse practitioner. I'm graduating in May. So I'm, I'm at the tail end of my schooling, meaning I should be, you know, really starting to get more comfortable in this role of being a provider, which has been a huge adjustment. Honestly, it's, it's been a huge adjustment kind of taking that nurse hat off and wanting to, you know, comfort patients, do medications, all the things that you do when patients come into the clinic and take another role where you are diagnosing and prescribing and managing. So it's been a obviously huge adjustment that I'm going to keep having to adjust the next few years. But anyway, um, we had a patient come in last week and they, you know, had a list of chronic conditions, diabetes, hypertension, kidney issues, you know, all the things. And I went in there to do a quick physical assessment and I was listening to heart and lungs and I was listening to the heart and I was like, hmm, something doesn't sound here. quite right. Yeah. Something doesn't sound quite right. But this patient, all they had was um, as far as like cardiac conditions, which is hypertension. So no no history of murmurs. No history of murmurs. I kind of went through the history also, like just kind of asking. I didn't want to freak the patient out. No one wants to hear your heart sounds abnormal. And I was almost like still in this like nursing role, like nervous to almost even tell my preceptor like, mm. hey, you know, the heart sounds, you know, the heart sounds irregular. It sounds, you know, it's irregular, irregular. So I'm almost thinking like an AFib situation. And I was nervous to even tell my preceptor because... I don't know. I'm still getting comfortable in this. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm I comfortable enough to diagnose something. Yeah. And so I brought him over and I said, you know, Hey, like, I don't think something's off with her heart. It sounds irregular, almost like an AFib situation. Sure enough. I brought him over. He completely agreed. And we ordered an echo ASAP to get her in for an echo the next day. Sure enough, the patient has some irregular heartbeats. Oh, you did it. And I did it. And so it was one of those moments where I, you, and I was like trying to explain this to my husband, Scott, someone that is not in healthcare because I feel like <laughs> he just like, I'm like trying to ha have him understand, which he, he did after I explained it this way. You can't know that someone's walking around with AFib unless you mm -hmm. know how to listen to their heart and you know how to read an EKG and you know how to read an echo. And it's one of those like tiny little things that if you are not qualified to be able to listen to the heart and hear an abnormality patient could be walking around with AFib, much more likely to throw a clot, get a stroke, mm -hmm. have a heart attack, right? Like AFib puts you at risk for so many of these like life changing or life ending events. It was just like a really proud moment for me where I was like, damn girl, you're, you're, you, you know what you're doing. Like have you some confidence. That's so cool. Jackie, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That's big. Yeah. I was really proud of myself because like, you know, in the hospital, like you, you know, Usually when you're in the nursing role, you know, if a patient has AFib or they have some sort of cardiac condition. So mm -hmm. you kind of just like, you know, get really used to listening to the heart already knowing the diagnoses. Yeah. You're not really in the hospital diagnosing yeah. people. So it was like very, very cool. 
That's so awesome. Yeah, so that's my NDE. I hope that the listeners start sending some more NDEs because we truly love hearing your stories. We really do. And I'm really proud of you, like, for taking that step and trusting your gut. Yes. Nurses need to trust their intuition so much more and trust their, their assessment skills. You're totally right. You're totally right. We know, we have, like, we know, we always know when something's off. Mm-hmm. So start trusting that a little bit more and submit your NDE. I hope y'all aren't getting sick of all these grades. Whoa, well, knows, but y'all did this. Y'all brought this on yourself. Y'all made me watch. So, <laughs> yeah, you asked, we're just delivering. Yeah, we just want to give the people what they want. If you've never watched Grey's, I would highly encourage you watch season one with us right now. Yeah. Yes. Come on this journey with us, truly. It is just, it's just been magical so far. I cannot I recommend to, it more. You have to. <laughs> so what is our whoa no moment this week, Danielle? Okay. So the whoa no moment this week involves Christina, who I love, but she tries to resuscitate a DNR patient. And... I'm so happy because the nurse grabs the chart and is like, Doc, you got to stop. Like, she's a DNR. You have to stop. And she's like, get more happy. Get more of it. And she's just like pumping away on this chest. Yeah. And it's like, she's a DNR. Yeah. Let, like, let it go. This is not what Do the patient not wanted. resuscitate. Yeah. This is, a, this is a tough scene to watch. It is really tough because as a provider, we are trained to save life, to heal. And I'm not saying it was like an ego thing in that moment, but for Christina, she definitely was not connecting. She was not connecting the dots that this is end stage. Pancreatic cancer, which is what this patient had, one of the most vile cancers. Mm -hmm. And it's painful. It's awful. This patient doesn't want to live with it anymore. She was dying. Yeah. They wouldn't do surgery on her because she's dying. She's actively dying. Yeah. This was a good scene in the sense of this happens. Like mm-hmm. I have actually seen this happen. I, I saw this happen just last year with on an oncology unit with a patient that was DNR. Code started. The team didn't know whether or not the patient was a DNR or full code because um, it was like a, a situation where they had had the conversation with the family. The family had and the patient had just decided DNR, but they didn't finish the paperwork. Mm. And it was just one of those really tough situations where technically paperwork's not done. But so team, team knows that this is the patient and the family's request. Family was in the room. Code team comes in, starts doing compressions. And it's just this like horrifyingly traumatic situation for the family and for everyone involved. And um, so I do like appreciate the fact that they they made this a scene because mm-hmm. it really can happen. Yeah. And I but my favorite thing about this scene was that for once in this fucking show, the nurse is actually doing something that they should be doing. That they that mm-hmm. they know how to do. That happens in real life where the nurse is actually advocating for the patient. So way to go, Grace. You're finally finally showing nurses in a good light. Yes. Plus the fact that the woman who was dying was a scrub nurse Mm, and so beloved by everyone in the hospital yeah 18 years of being a scrub nurse Mm -hmm. and was just beloved so maybe that's what it takes to be respected in the world of Grey's Anatomy but I think they start doing a better job of of highlighting nurses a little bit better in the show but we'll Mm -hmm. we'll see I mean we're in season one so we'll see how it goes okay so what would you rate this scene Am I rating acting? Am I rating the realisticness? Let's say realistic. The realisticness. 10 is like this would happen in real life. This is how shit would go down. I'm going to give it like a seven. Because gonna, to me, it's pretty realistic. It's but very in realistic. real life, I don't think it would ever have gotten that far. No. No, it would not have gotten that far. But I kind of want to give it an 8.2. Okay, yeah. Give it an 8.2. Yeah. It was a pretty good scene. Yeah. The only critique is that it would never have gotten that far. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like someone would have stopped Christina. And the second that there was another physician, there were so many people in that room. Like if the nurses were there and like looking at the DNR code, I'd be like, I'm not pushing this epi. Like, no. Yeah. No. The nurse. Yeah. No nurse would have 
Um, well, unless they were scared of losing their job because of what the doctor that's might fair. say. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, okay. Overall, great scene. Great scene. I actually low-key love these episodes. I think it takes the it takes the prep work out of podcasting. Not prep work out of it, but it just it makes for like a really fun, lighthearted episode because, you know, we've been having some deeper discussions. I think it's time, you know, it's just it's good to mix in some lighthearted and fun stuff too. Yeah, I agree. I think the Womed fam probably wants to, you know, just hear a little bit more from us. And you know what? We basically talk every single day on the phone anyway. So might as well just record one of these combos. Yeah. I agree. So shall we just jump in? <laughs> we should. I will also say. Do I annoy you with how much I text you? Oh, my God. <laughs> you do not annoy me. I love how much you I like we literally text nonstop every day, all day. It's just like continuous. See, I worry in my brain because, again, I'm a people pleaser and, you know, we do this. Am I putting too much work on you? No, I never think that. <laughs> I never think that. I love waking up to your text messages and we're always kind of on the same schedule, I feel like. Yeah. Except I don't appreciate when you go into surgery and don't text me back for like seven hours. <laughs> but by now, I think I completely have your schedule memorized. So I know when you don't text me back, it's most likely because you're in surgery. Ew, creepy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first thing people wanted to know was how did we meet? Which I think we, we kind of touched on a little bit, but yeah, on a dating app on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jackie and I actually didn't meet in person until the day before we had our very first photo shoot. Yes. And that next day we started recording. Yeah. Our relationship started completely on Instagram. Yes. Which happens these days. It's just kind of normal these days, honestly. It's a way to connect with people all over the country. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been really cool. I saw Figs had like posted something or tagged you in something. And I I thought to myself, this girl looks real cool. I'm going to give her a follow. And then you started posting all the stuff for Riot Healers. And my team was in my ear because I was feeling real stressed. I was like, I can't keep doing the WOMED anymore. I really want to. I'm just freaking out. I've got too much to do. And the, you told me to bring on a co-host. They're like, just think about it, Danielle. It could be really good. Share the load. And then, yeah. And then I was scrolling through Instagram, saw Jackie's page, and Zara posting about riot healers and all this other cool stuff. And it's like, no, she's it. Here I am just pissing people off on social media, posting, <laughs> I mean, posting I very controversial of- things. And you're just like, that's her. That's yeah. it. Yeah. The movers, the shakers, the making people posting uncomfortable shit because yes. it's important. Those are important things to talk about. And that is the direction that I wanted to bring the WOMED. I wanted to build a really inclusive community. And you felt like the best way to do that. Yeah. And so we kind of just like started chatting more through social media, uh, getting to know each other a little bit more. And then you, I don't want to say it was out of the blue, but it was a little just kind of uh, from left field a little bit, reached out and asked if I wanted to co-host with you. And yeah, to be fair, I had been thinking about asking you for a while. And this is before we ever really had like a huge, like, like really in-depth conversation. Yeah. But I wanted to have a conversation with you to discuss if you felt that the WOMED was something that you could take on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you were the only person. I mean, my team had brought several other people to my attention. And there was, you know, some people from The Bachelor, some people from other bigger influencers. And A, I didn't really know them or I didn't think that they were going to really push and drive the podcast like the way I wanted to drive the podcast. And is this a Grace term? You felt like my person? <laughs> now that you're officially on to Grace, we, we, you will understand that reference. Yes, okay. you're just my person. And now here we are texting all day, every day. Yes. And yeah. You took a huge risk. I mean, I could have been a I total did. serial killer. Well, I don't think you were a serial killer. <laughs> but no, you could have been like a whack job like 
super fan of The Bachelor, too. So. I mean, I'm, I'm not wrong on that one. <laughs> I'm she kidding. hasn't picked on yet. Perfect. My plan is going exactly how I had dreamed. No, I, of course, like, I am a Bachelor fan, a thousand percent, but no, I'm not I like am a, too. Not like your stalker, Danielle. Relax. But no, it, things worked out just splendidly and here exactly, we are exactly dare i say how they were supposed to yes and here you are in chicago we're hanging out this is all part of my master plan to get you to fall in love with chicago and move here so we can just do this forever yeah i mean you guys could also move to nashville but yeah, yeah. nashville's i mean come, it a come little february more blue. i'll probably want to take you up on that when we're dealing with the winter here so yeah so that's how we met yeah next question how are we similar and different? Ooh. You want to take that one? Ooh, yeah. How are we similar and how are we different? Well, with the similarities, there's more similarities than differences, mm-hmm. for sure. We have very similar styles, similar taste in music. For Shout me, out Head in the Heart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love the head and the heart. Love Father Leon John Bridges. Missy. Love Leon Bridges. Mm-hmm. We have, gr- yeah. Basically, we have really great Lizzo. taste in music. So we have great taste in music. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have a lot of similarities, but differences. <laughs> I would say like the biggest difference is our choice in beverages. I love Spindrift. Spindrift no. is the best no. sparkling water out there. No. And I will, I will die on this hill, Jackie. Pineapple Spindrift is the best flavor. Which is hilarious that you think that because I think that pineapple spindrift is like the devil's drink. <laughs> like, it is the nastiest thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. It's real pineapple no. juice. How do you not like we, real pineapple like, I juice? I accidentally bought like a 24 pack because I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Like, I'm just going to go for it and buy the 24 pack. It sat in our fridge for like six months. And I just like couldn't even like I couldn't sell them if I wanted to. They were so disgusting. Everyone loves pineapple spindrift. No, they really don't. No, they really do. I'm more of like a LaCroix gal. LaCroix tastes like a metal chemical can. <sighs> no, it's Danielle, fake. You're it's wrong. It's fake. It's not real fruit. Ugh. Spindrift tells you right on the can. This is made with 15 raspberries. Yeah. The other. So on top of the spindrift situation. Ugh, you don't drink coffee, which kind of like breaks my heart a little bit. I know. Coffee is such a, a community thing. Yeah, it is. Maybe I'm just a little more British than you. <laughs> I do enjoy a tea. I enjoy we do love tea. tea. I do mm-hmm. not discriminate. I love tea. I love matcha. But if I could pick like one drink to have for the rest of my life, like not even one drink. Like if I had to have one thing to consume for the rest of my life, like it would probably be iced coffee. Ugh. Yeah, it would be. Actually, it would be. No. Yeah. No. So it makes me sad that like we'll never bond over that. Does it make you sad? No. <laughs> it's because it's because you didn't get it. You just don't you don't understand the joys that coffee can really bring to your life. Sharing a hot beverage with someone is sharing a hot beverage. Okay. I mean, at least you enjoy, we can enjoy our matchas together. Yes. And I then, love doing our matcha moments. I think that's a lot of fun. Yes. Our matcha moments are just, if you haven't caught on to our matcha moments, we are doing them usually every Sunday. Are we going to make this like an official thing and say that it's yeah. every Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're doing matcha moments. So we've got the spin drift. We've got the coffee situation. Oh, I also I'm not an office person, which we've we've talked about that on the pod before. I don't like the office. Yeah, I'm more Parks and Rec. It really hurts versus me. Office, but when you first said that, like, okay, it was the coffee, and then to backtrack just a tad, you also don't drink wine, Mm-mm. which is also really hard for me to like. It's hard to overcome that for me, for sure. So. When you told me you didn't like The Office either, I was like, oh, hell no. Like, we may not be <laughs> I'm able to be friends. Out. I'm not doing the WOMED anymore. This bitch doesn't like coffee. She doesn't like wine. <laughs> she is not a basic bitch. <laughs> Ow. She doesn't like pumpkin spice lattes. Um, um hi. <laughs> Liking wine and coffee is not a basic thing. That's like so European, Danielle. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> no offense to everyone out there that loves coffee and no, wine. No, it's like so European. 
I know. Now I'm the British office with the tea. It's now fine. the office, like that's we already talked about that one, like into quite detail. Yeah, on one of the first episodes. So mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to me, it's like episode one, have like almost a nervous breakdown that Danielle didn't like the office. You can go re-listen on episode one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But similarity wise, we fucking love TV. We love TV. We love walks. We love hot yoga. Yes. We're definitely, I'd say, more spiritual. Yes. Definitely spiritual. We also are both morning people, mm-hmm. which is pretty, you don't always meet morning people. So when you meet yeah. another morning person, you really just like bond on a different level mm-hmm. because like you're basically just better than everyone because you get up at 5 a.m. and enjoy the sunrise. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to be relatable. <laughs> But no, we are morning people. Have you always been a morning person? It's gone in waves. I remember before I started night shift, I was definitely more of a morning person. Mm -hmm. I could recover from the night before, especially in college. You know, you're, I mean, granted, that's college body. You're drinking until three or four in the morning and you're popping back up, shining awake at seven or eight a.m. to go to class or continue on with your life. But night shift really put a damper on being a morning person. And I think the further I got into night shift, really, you know, you, you, you put some years on. Yes, you do. Night, working night shift ages you oh, considerably. Yes, um, so that really put a damper on my morning lifestyle. But once I got off night shift and realized how horrible I actually felt working nights. Oh, man. Night shift is so brutal. I finally got back into enjoying my mornings and Mm. I just I feel so much better. I feel so much better. What's like what's your favorite thing about the morning? I like when the sun's just coming up. I know. Isn't it so peaceful? It's peaceful. It's quiet. That light is really beautiful, which you can get working night shift. You can get you, you get really pretty sunrises. But then you have to go to sleep. Yeah, I am. I was not made for night shift. Yeah, I did nights for 12 years. That's horrifying. You know how they say smoking a cigarette, each cigarette takes like, what, five minutes off your life? Yeah, I've heard that. I think each year of night shift takes a year off your life. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But I think once you get off night shift and start living a, you know, your body's circadian rhythms are awake when you're supposed to be awake, I think you can get those years back. Yeah, I agree. The years come back. Don't worry. As long as you Mm -hmm. kind of put the effort in. Yeah. Get back on track. But yeah, they come back. So yeah, both morning people for sure. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we 100% align politically with our- Yes beliefs and Mm -hmm. values so that's that's important that's very important I would say we're not like a complete echo chamber necessarily no we challenge each other we've had some great conversations but I don't know about you but like it's especially like the past two years I do feel like it's it it's been challenging to maintain Mm -hmm. friendships with people that you may not necessarily align with beliefs anymore Mm -hmm. You just can't, there's just certain things you can't talk about. And when something like a pandemic, which should never have been politicized in the first place, Mm -hmm. gets so highly politicized and it's so life consuming, it's put put some major strains on a lot of relationships. Like there's, I have a lot of friendships that we just don't talk about certain things and I might not see them quite as much. You know, it doesn't mean I don't send them love and support. It just means you just need a little breathing room. Yeah. It's been hard. Yeah. Friendships have been put to the test this year. Not even just friendships. There's been a lot of families, too, that have been royally torn apart this year. Oh, 100%. It's just really sad. Yeah. It is sad. And, you know, it's... Uh, Healthcare shouldn't be politicized. No. Period. End of story. No. And it is. Before we get off on one of our tangents, because, yes, we do align with these beliefs. Sometimes Danielle and I can get on these massive tangents Mm -hmm. where we go down these roads. And next thing you know, it's been two hours and we've still been talking about the pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, we're both plant people. We're plant people. I'm not good at keeping them alive, though. You are. Travel. You have way more plants than I do. Yeah, but like I've had to like. I've had to replace a few times. Not gonna lie. Like I have a hard time keeping them alive sometimes. 
Me too. I've got one that totally just died on me. Makes me sad. But my fig tree is doing really good. Your fig tree is lovely. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's about it. That's what we've come up with so far, but we'll keep you all posted. Yeah. Mostly we just love TV, as you even noticed. <laughs> so. TV's great because it's a great escape. And I think as nurses, and particularly this year, we've there's a bit that you need to just tune out and escape from. Yeah, and not to mention the difference of you're still single somehow. And I just am only bringing mm-hmm. that up because I'm constantly putting the PSA out there that this beautiful, intelligent, hilarious woman is single. You're so Hi, sweet. listeners. If you know a guy, send him our way. <laughs> but I truly think that the ingredient to a lasting marriage is having the same taste in TV shows. And politics. <laughs> Who needs that? What if what if we did a well med <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> like a WOMED bachelorette. Like you would be like, could you be the bachelorette, but like all of your suitors would have to be in healthcare? Is that what you mean? Oh no, 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 no. I just mean that we have our listeners submit different profiles. Oh, of okay. Men <gasps> in their lives. Oh my god. That they auction up to me. Oh my god. For my choosing. That sounds terrible. No, it Don't doesn't. Do that. I'm obsessed with this idea. Okay, I'm writing this down. Hang on. No, Mom please med. don't. I'm no, kidding. It's too late. This We're is doing a joke. This. Anyways, on to the next question that we had. Ooh, let's see here. Oh. Best nursing school tip. Okay. We have a lot of nursing students that listen to the podcast. We love you. We feel for you. A, I cannot imagine if you're entering nursing school right now or in the, at the start of the pandemic, what life has been like for you. You've probably questioned your life decisions up until this point. And quite honestly, we don't blame you. But truly, the thing that I value most in life, you know, uh, not counting my family, is my nursing degree, mm. is my education. Yeah. That is one of my most prized possessions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one can take that from you. No. That's something I worked really hard for. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of sleepless nights for, cried a lot of tears over. Yeah. Nursing school is no joke. Um, tips. So I'm a clinical nursing instructor. So, oh my God, Danielle, did I tell you that my nursing students listen to the podcast? <gasps> oh my God, hey sweet guys. babies. Hey guys, if you're listening. So some of my students do listen to the podcast. If you're listening now, shout out. Love you all. And now go work on your homework. Yeah, go do your <laughs> uh, care plans. Thank you. So anyway, I I teach. So I'm always giving my students um, little tidbits of advice. And here are my top two. I'll give you my top two. Okay. My first one is obvious and it is just do not get behind and i know it's so hard you are just being thrown a million things at once my biggest tip to survive nursing school is to not get behind so put a calendar up in your dorm on your wall write all of your exams all of your paper due dates ahead of time know when things are due because getting behind is what is going to screw you over mm-hmm. so don't get behind and then my other tip is to use social media to your advantage, especially with nursing students now. It's a very different world than when Danielle and I were in nursing school. Very different. use these resources to your advantage. Pinterest, I've said this before on the podcast, and I've said it before, Pinterest can be a great resource for fun mnemonics and uh, pharmacology and patho. Go on Pinterest, put in the topic that you are trying to memorize. Um, Instagram is also a great resource. Now, don't get caught scrolling. Don't be scrolling for 20 minutes. But there's a few accounts on Instagram that that are nursing related. Like the I think it's like the IV guy, the IV doctor or something. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. I always send my nursing students to him because the videos are so helpful with learning how to do like IVs and clinical skills. So use social media to your advantage. And that also means following some funny, you know, nursing meme accounts because you're going to start to get these now. Or start your own. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would say have an outlet. Have a healthy outlet. 
in nursing school just True. to de-stress. 100%. Because as much as you need to be on top of everything, you need to find a healthy outlet where you can de-stress in. I don't know what that looks like for you. I hope it's not doing keg stands. Mm-hmm. Start your own nursing school meme page. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad idea, honestly. It's really not a bad idea. Yeah. There's never enough. There cannot be enough nursing meme pages. So Because someone's going to relate to you no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, and granted this, <laughs> I was in nursing school a long time ago. So social media didn't exist. We got Facebook my junior year of college. Oh, girl, you're aging yourself. I know I am. And you know what? I'm proud of it. I'm proud of all my life years. You should be. You also became a nurse very young. I did. I was 21. Whereas a lot of nurses don't really go that route anymore. I feel like a lot of people get into nursing later on. Like me. Like I didn't get it. I didn't start start working at the bedside until I was like 24, I think. Yeah. I was 21 years old. That's crazy. I was a baby. Baby, baby. But one thing that truly got me through nursing school were my roommates, Mm -hmm. my best friends. Your classmates, yeah. Yeah. And especially my housemates, we would we would make up really dumb games to study. We would go to Perkins at two o'clock in the morning because it was open and we could sit there and we could order mozzarella sticks and Again, quiz each other for mm. hours. Yeah. And Perkins was cheap and we were students on a budget. Yeah. Group studying is so key in nursing school. It's so And it just like key. makes it not so miserable. Yeah. Like just being able to go and like get Make your a- coffees, get your snacks. Like, I, you know what I will say, though? It's been tough for students right now. Yeah. With COVID. It hasn't mm-hmm. been the same. So I really, you know, some cafes are starting to open back up. I hope that you can kind of get that experience because it's hard. I mean, and honestly, even I know you mentioned Pinterest being a really good resource Mm -hmm. for um, mnemonics and like memorization tools. My friends and I would make up the dumbest shit that ended up being inside jokes. We tell to each other to this day. Yep. And you know what? I've never forgotten those things. (sighs) Hilarious. I love that. Yeah. So make up your own, make up your own mnemonic devices and make them dumb, make them dirty, make them just weird and funny so that you remember them. Yeah. It also makes studying more fun. Yeah. And if you don't know the dirty mnemonic for the cranial nerves, then go look it up right now because it's absolutely hilarious. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did <laughs> I you ever, don't know. What you never learned about. that one? No. Look it up right now. We're going to share it. Dirty. See, it's the first thing that comes up on Google. When you Google Cranial nerves mnemonic. The first one that comes up is cranial nerves mnemonic dirty. See, I'm not the I'm not the only sicko out there. O O O to touch and feel a girl's vagina. Ah, heaven. <laughs> yeah, all right. There's a few others. Just keep googling. You'll find some more. That I'm pretty sure that's the one that I. Oh my God, that's so inappropriate. I'm so (laughs) uncomfortable that my nursing students are probably listening to this. Where do you look for careers when you feel perpetually let down by hospital politics and the bullshit of working bedside? Not that all bedside nursing is bullshit. It is the hospital politics and staffing ratios and unfair pay and stuff like that that encompasses the bullshit that leads to burnout, makes you feel let down and wanting to pursue careers away from the bedside, no matter how much you love your patients. You said it. Yeah. Um, So where do you find these jobs? I Google. (laughs) That's G-O-O-G-L-E. Dot com. Dot C-O-M. Google.com. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if you haven't Googled like an outpatient nursing job, then you have not been working this past year. <laughs> okay. But also, if you're wanting to stay within your current health system, you can always look up the job postings and stuff through yeah. your yeah. hospital networks. Yeah. Um, I'm serious. Google. 
Yeah, Google and then like all the other, you know, general employment search engines, right? Mm-hmm. Like Indeed. Um will come up. Yeah. I don't know what the other names are, but But I would also offer up if there's a field that you want to get into, then look up the different clinics in your area that specialize in those mm-hmm. fields. Good good thinking. Okay. Like I know this one comes up a ton. I see all you. I just cannot answer every single one of you in my DMs. I know you all want to get into aesthetic nursing. The best advice for finding careers outside of the bedside, like say it. I'm just going to use aesthetic nursing. Look up different med spas in your area. See who's hiring. If they're not, go in. Yeah, I Bring actually cannot resume. say enough about either just showing up or sending yeah. a cold email. Like emails yeah. can go a pretty long way. Because you just don't know. Yeah, I sent I out a ton of cold call emails. Yeah, me too. And was just, you know, pitching myself. I was like, I don't have a I don't have experience. I have taken these steps. I've gone to some conferences. I've done some online trainings. This is a field I'm really passionate about. Would like to get to know more about if you're open to having coffee into an interview let me pick your brain you know stuff like that that's really good advice yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be aesthetics it could be in anything yeah whatever if you want to be in dialysis if you want to be a clinical instructor if you want to work in public health in a community fqhc health center yeah in the insurance aspect if you want to move into like drug sales mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, there's so many rep, options be a med rep nurses do so good in medical sales yeah medical sales clinical research mm-hmm. so so many opportunities for you so yeah. don't give up um, yeah. i would start with google and then yeah. like danielle said reach out to some other places of work in your area that you are just interested in because you yeah. never know you don't know you don't know who's who's necessarily hiring i know those indeed websites and job websites or month or I don't zip recruiter stuff oh, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's a it's a lot to filter through they are really helpful websites though and they might lead you to another job idea so yeah perfect how do you deal with work drama ooh ooh uh actually not quite sure when this is going to come out it may come out after, but Jackie and I did just record today an episode related to peer incivility, drama in the workplace, bullying. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to refer you to that episode because we dig into a lot and there's a lot of resources. There's a lot of support. There's shared stories and experiences. So I'm going to I'm going to defer to that episode. Yeah, I completely agree. We thought that this was such a good question that we just did an, an entire, entire episode. episode yeah it's it's so necessary especially right now we're all feeling that so much and people are on edge more than ever so we're going to refer you to that episode so um dealing with work, workplace drama i would say don't deal with it say something report <laughs> say it something. um report it stand up for others that you see ha- it happening and yes. um and you know worst case if it's not getting better and you've done all of these things then peace the fuck out of there because you deserve to work in a safe place. Yeah. Okay. That same thing goes for relationships. You deserve to be in a safe relationship as well. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. Ooh, this is a good one. How do you practice self-care during the pandemic? Lexapro. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. No. Um, I think that's extremely valid. <laughs> it- self-care during the pandemic. Oh, my God. This is like... My therapist. I love you, Katie. She is phenomenal. Antidepressants. Yeah. Where do you even start? Self-care during the pandemic. It's like. It's not just bubble baths. No. Those are those are really good coping mechanisms, though. Doing something that feels good for you. Yeah. I think like the hardest thing. I don't know about you, but I think the one of the hardest things for me, particularly during the pandemic was the normal things that I usually would do for self-care like going to yoga, going, I know this sounds so dumb, but like I used to go to the grocery store. I used to love going to the grocery store and just like taking my time. I used to cook a lot more. A lot of the things that I used to do 
were no longer available self-care wise. And I had a really hard time like adjusting to being at home and trying to do these things at home. And not even just that, but like finding the motivation to even Mm. do the things that were normally my self-care, like meditating or journaling. I just was like, fuck this. Like, I I can't sit alone with my thoughts. Like, I don't want to do this. Like it for me, it like got to a point where it was hard to even do the usual self-care things. So I think like for me, it was like really different. Like it was almost like in the pandemic trying to find new ways to care for myself. And for me, that looked like taking a hard look at my own mental health, um, therapy, starting an SSRI, um, and setting up really, really strict boundaries with people and with social media and with news intake. Like my self-care looked very different this past year. Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Oh, totally. I know they can. Yeah. Yeah. For me, was finding a really good therapist and checking in with people. I watch, I watch so much TV. I would joke that I've gotten way too used to being alone and by myself, which is a good and bad thing. Yeah. I realized I can rely on myself. I can find happiness and love and safety within myself and being there just solo, which is a really beautiful thing for me. Like you said, a lot of things that we used to be able to do, we couldn't. You can't. Hot yoga in a mask is miserable. Yeah, it's no. It's a no for me. And then you have people next to you not wearing masks. And you're like, great, I'm just breathing in this sweaty, humid COVID flu RSV cloud and I feel awesome. Nature helped me a ton. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was a point where Nashville actually shut down some of their parks uh, because we just didn't know how we didn't know enough about how COVID was being spread. Yeah, we did that as well. We shut down like the river walk, the lakefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really sad time for that was Chicago. Dark. Yeah. But no, there's a lot of really beautiful trails and hiking in Nashville that I just needed and continue to utilize at least once a week mm-hmm. because I, I live more in the city. Granted, city in Nashville is very different than city in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like we still have trees, but we have actual hiking trails that were really beneficial for me to get out in where I felt I was doing some activity. I was being recharged. Just nature is a really beautiful way to recharge. It is, I'm not trying to get too like squishy and woo woo, but it, everything has an energy around us. Completely. Right. Every, I mean, plants are living. Everything has a life force. The sun is very energizing. It helps produce vitamin D, which your body needs to help stabilize your mood. It, that recharged me the most. And knowing that I had a safe group of friends or family to go and be around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's something really powerful about being just surrounded by trees. Mm -hmm. You know, this might be TMI, but when I die, I want to be made into a tree. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny you said that because Scott always, like my husband Scott always says, Jackie, when you die, I'm going to turn you into a tree. Oh, that's so funny. That's so sweet. And I was like, I didn't know you could do that. You can totally do that. You can do that. I know. They have like compostable coffins or they, they have that option and it's like a pod. You're basically, you're put into like a pod. That is so cool. But just think, I just think the imagery of like your body being cradled by roots just is really kind of beautiful. I mean, obviously. But the same thing goes. If you are wanting to be cremated, your ashes can be used as fertilizer for the soil. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I just think Wow, it's really we really cool. took a turn there, didn't we? We totally <laughs> took a turn. Um, but, you know, Where the more we- you know. <laughs> self-care during the pandemic (laughs) see where any pandemic talk has like led us down this (laughs) oh my god we need some more self-care I think but you know what this weekend's actually really nice for us because Mm -hmm. I think that's like another thing not I mean trying to create boundaries to just like be yeah just not be working or like doing so much I think there was this like other pressure during the pandemic 
And I totally, I was, I'm part of the problem. I did this as well, but there was this pressure of like, I have to start a blog or I have to take on this new hobby. I have to become an expert in baking banana bread. I have, you know, it's like you have, like Mm -hmm. everyone had these like expectations of, Mm -hmm. I need to use this time wisely. How do I make the most of it? When now I'm just kind of like, I'm tired. And I'm like, my self-care right now is just like doing nothing and like sleeping in. I would also say that right now my some of a small form of self-care for me is actually doing this podcast and having an outlet to talk about these things on and feel that sense of community. So I'm really grateful that you came onto the pod. You agreed. You answered my DM. Yes, I did. So yeah, this has been just finding that community has really been important. Yeah, I've been blown away really with the WOMED community so far. It's pretty beautiful. Yeah, it's been such a supportive network so far. Mm -hmm. And knowing that we all have gone through this traumatic year and a half together and that we're going to kind of keep trudging through. Is that a word? Trudging? Trudging. Yeah. Yeah. Trudging. Trudging. I think it's trudging. Well, we're going to keep pushing through the year. Yeah. And um, heading into 2022. So it is really beautiful. And I agree with you, like podcasting, especially with you, definitely is a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that listening is a form of self-care for you, too. Yeah. I know we get we get in some deep topics, but, you know, Jackie and I are also a lot of we're some fun humans. So I hope you I, I just hope you feel loved and supported and you can laugh and you can get deep with us. You can feel it all. On that note, next question. Okay. Tips. Bring it on. For. You want to guess it? Tips for. I'm guessing night shift. Night shift. Oh my God. You're so good. Tips for night shift (laughs) is because everyone needs to know. How do you survive night shifts? Well, and every, every new nurse starts out on night shift. Every new nurse. Yeah. Unless you're like blessed from the Lord. I don't know. I mean, like, I know I literally few. don't know of it. I know a few. Really? Yeah, but it's like it has to like the stars have to align. Like it's very rare. Very is it like rare. A, is it a hospital bedside mm-hmm. position? Really? Yeah, but I I do think it's super rare. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like ninety five percent start on night. Yes, yeah. it's uh, it's a seniority thing. It is one of those things that you do have to put your time in on. Hopefully you have you work on a unit that you can move through quickly unless I mean, I used to I used to pride myself. I was like, yeah, I'm a night shift nurse. Like, yeah, I can handle it. I can stay up all night. I'm a badass, which you are. Yeah, you are. If you you can handle that, like you are a fucking badass. I was actually more intimidated by day shift. Why? Because of the pace? I, I don't know if it was the pace because nights was just as busy. Mm, you faced mm-hmm. the same amount of stuff. I think stuff. it depends think, on the unit. Yeah. I, that. I believe more procedures and stuff happened okay. on days. Not oh, that, yeah. but it, which is dumb because we would do emergent procedures all the time on nights as well. I don't know. There was something in my head that just intimidated me about it, but it was probably more the fact of change and I felt comfortable on nights. I knew my groove on nights. So, yeah, off topic. Tips for night shift. Let's let's look at this as surviving nights, things to do for sleeping. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a thing. There's Everyone's so worried about staying awake at night. Yeah, I. It's hard for me because I I I work nights for about two years, and like I'm just one of those people that never liked it. I did for twelve. That's so you're really the expert. Okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this one. As far as prepping for a night shift, you have to have a dark, quiet space where you can sleep. So if that looks like a fancy eye mask for you, then I definitely recommend one that has like cups and they make those now. So even if like you open your eyes in it, they aren't being like held down those are a game changer i like still sleep in my night shift mask because that is that was such a game changer for me yeah invest in it yeah get a nice get a nice get a nice nice face mask. mask yeah and also invest in um curtains Mm -hmm. light blocking curtains yes those are a must create just create your you're basically just 
you're switching. You are now existing at night. You are existing on a different schedule than everyone else. So if you wake up at four o'clock in the afternoon and you want to make yourself some scrambled egg for breakfast, do it. You want to pop in a frozen waffle and put some syrup on that? Do it. That's your breakfast. That's how you kind of have to look at things. That, that, was, that was easier for me. A lot of people get nauseous being awake all night mm-hmm. when you're not I used to in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's very common. So having things on hand, like some crackers, some ginger tea, something like that. A lot of the time I would just maintain my night shift schedule even if I didn't have to work because it was hard for me to transition back like and forth. That's a question that people have. Like, do you stay on your night shift schedule on your days off or do you just like stay awake and try to enjoy some time with your loved mm-hmm. ones. It's so hard. And that's really case dependent. Yeah. I was, I always struggled with that. I'm like, uh, it, well, I think it depends on the time in your life too. Like mm-hmm. I, when I was on nights, I was like young and going out and having oh, fun. Yeah. And I would just like go work my night shift. And then I'd be like, screw it. I'm going to brunch with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then you sleep o'clock, sleep, sleep o'clock, sleep until late yeah. afternoon and oh, yeah. get up, get ready to go have dinner and Go out for the night with your friends. Wow, 12 years. I really, that is a long time. But I will say, you have some of the most hilarious conversations on Night Shift. There are definitely some perks to working night. Yeah. Major perks. The combos at 3 a.m. are one of them. You cannot beat the conversations at 4 o'clock in the morning. No, you cannot. You really, you truly cannot. It's such like a tight group on night Mm -hmm. shifts too there's like a very different camaraderie that happens on night shifts yeah yeah because you have to because you're literally up all night so Mm -hmm. yeah there's like part of it that's kind of fun too you're like i'm awake (laughs) i know and everyone else is sleeping and that's part of the magic on night shift too i think at least in the NICU for me it was really special Mm -hmm. you're up all night with these infants you might have an easier assignment where you just have some feeder growers. You might get that time to just lay there with a baby that needs to be held upright for 30 minutes after they eat so they don't vomit up everything they just ate. <laughs> Those are few and far between, but every once in a while you do get to snuggle a child at night. But yeah, there's some there's some really special special moments that that happen and I think the camaraderie with the doctors is different at night too. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, a cool tribe of humans. It's special. Yeah, it's very special being on nights. It can, it really can be. Yeah, it's and it's what you make of it too. Yeah. So if you're on nights, I really hope that you are you have that group of people mm-hmm. because it's not easy. No. I don't know how you did it we, without coffee either, Jesus. I know. It's like that's <laughs> mind blowing to me. So here's a funny thing: when I first started uh, at my very first job, we would have the night shift weekend crew and we were all on C weekend. We had A, B and C rotations and uh, we would have Bloody Mary Monday breakfast club. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Granted, I never drank Bloody Mary's. I don't like, I don't like them. I'm a very picky person. If you haven't. Yeah. That's actually another difference between you and I. I've noticed (laughs) that you are a very picky eater. Yeah. I'm picky. Um, That's okay, though. You know what you want. It's different. You know what you want. Exactly. But having that camaraderie and having something to look forward to at the end of a long weekend night stretch was a lot of fun. Yeah. You find a restaurant that will serve you mimosas and Bloody Marys in the morning and you have some breakfast. You debrief with your friends. It's great. Highly recommend that. Yes. You need those little those little things to get you through those weekends. Yes. For sure. 100%. All right. Well, good luck to you night shifters out there. Yes. You got this. Get your sleep mask. And hopefully, I mean, AirPods now are probably pretty helpful, I would think, to sleep during the day because I was always too scared to like sleep with earphones on. Did you ever sleep with earphones? No, I never slept with earplugs or anything like that because I was always scared I wouldn't hear my alarm. Oh, Oh, here's another tip. This is very important. If you haven't done so already, change your phone to military time. Mm, You will never set your alarm for the wrong time. Trust me on that. Well, if you are in healthcare, you probably already have your phone in military time. But if you don't, go do it right now. Yeah. 
Well, actually, when I stopped working night shifts, I, I changed my phone back. I'm not on military time. Oh, I'm still on military time. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, she's a hardcore. She's hardcore. It is 1457. <laughs> All right, next question. If you had to pick a job, not in the medical field, what would it be and why? Mm, a professional ice skater. Really? I'm really scared of falling, though. Like a figure skater? Yes. Oh, my God. I could see that. Well, like, you love to dance. Like, you were a dancer. Yeah. This makes sense to me. Okay. Why? Like, why? Or a professional ballerina. Because I always thought it was so cool. And and I was never very good at ice skating. Um, I think I was really scared of falling, which is why I love ballet so much. Not that I didn't fall in ballet, but something about falling on ice just scared me because I felt like I could get cut. (laughs) Yeah. Falling on ice is falling on ice. Like, it's not fun. No. It's really hard. Um, but dance camp point shoes is way better and better on your feet. Ugh. Yeah. My feet. Professional um, my feet skater. Up nicely. Uh, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. What about you, Jack? Mm, actually, this is pretty easy for me because I think about it all the time. So if someone would pay me to travel the world and just like paint, like to be like a traveling artist, I don't know if that's a real job, but like I'm making it up right now and um, that would be it. Like, pay me to just travel and, like, paint things as I go. Okay, I'm adding to mine. I want to be a professional ice skater and travel blogger. (laughs) I mean, honestly, travel blogger is, like, kind of the dream. Yeah. Like, I would just love to do that. I mean, travel nursing, like, it kind of gives you a really good opportunity to kind of do, like, to move around. And it's not even about the assignments where you are. It's, Mm -hmm. like, the time off in between assignments that allows you to travel. Yes. And you make that bank money so you can... Sometimes you got to you got to be smart with your travel assignments. If you are thinking about being a traveler, I really recommend you follow Sarah Gaines. Um, She is phenomenal. Love her. She has this whole course called the six figure nurse, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but follow Sarah Gaines. She is awesome. Oh, good, good, good recommendation, because I don't have a ton of insight on travel nursing. So Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people do ask that question. We mm-hmm. didn't get that question on this round, but people are always asking us about travel nursing. So yeah. head over to her. Yeah. I have one more question. What? If you're surprising me with a question, then I'm going to surprise you with a question at the end, too. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Deal. Go. What's your favorite flavor of Jenny's ice cream? <sighs> this says a lot about a person. So, <sighs> okay. I really hope this, like, isn't a basic answer, but I'm going with the gooey butter cake. Gooey cake butter. Gooey gooey cake. I think it's gooey butter cake. Gooey butter. Oh, so did I have it right the first time? I think you did. The one in the pink. That one's my favorite. Oh. That flavor is supreme. Yeah. Do that not fight with me. That's okay. It's not my favorite. Okay. That's fair. But I mean, Jenny says a lot of flavors, and that's fair. Flavors. Okay. Yeah. What is yours? Lemon bar. <sighs> it was Atlantic Beach Pie, but they stopped making it. And lemon bar, I don't think they're... I'm really surprised you were managed to order one. I know. Last are you night. asking this because I shamelessly ordered four Jennies last night at eleven yes. o'clock at night? Yes, I am. Yes. Okay. Um, when I had already I brought, did, brought I saw lemon bar from Nashville. You. I did. I saw. Le- yes, you did. Mm-hmm. We've been eating a lot of dessert. <laughs> it's fine. Yes, I love. I love me some Jennies. So I got four Jennies. I got my favorite, the gooey butter. I got mm-hmm. lemon bar. I got the almond butter. Is it almond butter? Almond crisp? butter brittle or something? Okay. And almond then, brittle. And then something. I got the Brambleberry Crisp, which is also one of my favorites. It's like they're one of their OG flavors. And I know I know you don't like that one, I don't think. Right. Yeah, just because I'm weird about I don't like I don't like baked fruit or like fruit in things. Okay, but your favorite is lemon bar, which is technically a fruit. It is, but it's not like a pulpy texture. Uh, shouldn't say pulpy. That's fair. Um, I don't like the texture of berries. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Or grapes, anything like that. Like if you if there's like a cake like and it the has skin of it, <laughs> strawberries literally look like noses that need to be popped. Oh my god! They look like they, yeah. Don't say that to me. I'm not sorry. Oh, do not do this to they me. Freak right me now. out. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's such a texture thing. You can blend them all up in a in a smoothie. Yeah, and okay. it's fine. I Is love- this why you don't like wine? You just don't like grapes. No, you just don't like wine. Wine gives me an instant headache, and it does not matter what okay. I drink. Really? Yeah. Instant. Okay. I mean, And I just don't like the flavor very much. I'll cook with it, but... I love how this conversation went full circle back to wine. But, okay, thanks for springing that question on me. Now I'm going to ask welcome. you a question. Okay. Okay. 
Well, since I just, for the record, did not forget about the WOMED Bachelor situation. So for our WOMED listeners that are going to be submitting their men, their suitors for Danielle, Danielle, what is your what is your type? What can we look out for? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I I, I know what your type is. My type is like artsy, creative, tattoos, but can still make you feel like super safe and secure. Like a bad boy, like exterior, but gummy bear interior. Yes. Heart of gold. Yeah. But like you're, you are into that creative type. Would you ever date like someone in the healthcare community? Like, would you ever date like a fellow nurse or Mm -hmm. a doctor or a physical therapist or a dentist? It really depends on the vibe. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Please explain. I've gone out with doctors and stuff before. I've gone out. I have not gone out with any other nurses. Went out with a lawyer before. And it's just is like, eh. It's just not. Not there for you. It's not there. You're too creative. Like you need a. Like a creative spirit. Yes. Thing, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I, I know what your type is. I don't know if we're going to find that in Chicago necessarily, but I'm like, <laughs> I've got my eyes open. For that you. wants to commit and yeah. have babies. Yeah, that's that's also important. I want to grow a human. I think it's really cool. Well, I'm glad that you know what you want. I hope that everyone here is listening. Are you? I hope you are listening because this WOMED bachelorette situation is definitely happening. It's too late. You already had the idea and I'm running with it. So. I was joking. No, it doesn't matter. It's too late. And on that note, this concludes our first Q&A. 